Hey everyone, welcome to Don't Wait Leap. I am sitting here today in Westwood, New Jersey with Karen Foote of Rebalance Reiki and Massage. Karen, thanks for joining me today. Happy to be here. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, for those of you who have been listening in, you know that uh, the folks that I talk to have a mix of knowing them for a very long time and just for about 10 minutes. So, Karen is in the 10-minute <laughs> category. Um, and so, uh, this is going to be an interesting conversation, for, hopefully for you and, and for me. Uh-huh. We're going to jump right into it, Karen. Uh, so, where'd you grow up? I actually grew up in Paramus, not far from here. Okay. Uh, all my life. And, all your life. Okay. Yeah. And so, what were, what were you like as a kid? Uh, was a little bit shy, but easygoing, not popular, not unpopular. Always was like the middle road, friends with everybody. Okay. So nothing, you know, nothing too extreme. I wasn't a sports kid. I wasn't a band kid. Okay. I just did whatever, you know, it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) nothing, nothing that jumps out as a particular type. Was it, did you have a thing you were passionate about as a kid? Um, I liked art. I liked to do art. As a fourth grader, I thought I'd be an artist. Okay. Or a teacher. So. Okay. What kind of art are we talking I about I like here? to draw, I okay. guess, but never, I was never good enough at it to really pursue anything with it. Okay. Uh, later on, I like to do collages. So, but now it's turned into vision boards. So. Okay. Like it applies to this, but no, I never, I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. Okay. At all. What's, what's a vision board? A vision board is like a collage of things that you want to manifest in your life. Okay. So it's a mixture of words and pictures of things that you want to see come to fruition at any point in the future. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And is that something you do with your, with your, for yourself, with your, with your clients? I do it for myself. Okay. For what I want to, you know, my goals basically. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So it's a visual representation of a goal document almost right. with, yeah. for the, you know, geeky business people like me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, what kind of, you know, if you, if you want to have a certain car, if you want to have a certain just abundance, whatever, whatever it is that you want to project into the future okay. of what you would like now. So you tap into it with the pictures and the words, and then it gives you a, something to focus on and kind of get into that vibration of allowing that into your world. Got it. And when yeah. you, when you, when you eventually get those things, does it feel extra special because you've been looking yeah, at it's it right for... there on your board yeah <laughs> yeah i have a i have an eiffel tower on my board that i made in november thinking it would be nice at some point to go back to paris and now we actually have plans to go in july well that's that's good well, that's certainly it's a nice reminder of the things that are actually important to you right because right. i think we all get caught up in the in the everyday, you know, right. I've got to get to A to B to C. And it's like, oh, wait, I also want to go to Paris. So maybe yeah. I should take yeah. some time and, and make that <laughs> and make that happen. Yeah. So, yeah. well, that's a great, um, mm-hmm. that's a great vote of support for the vision board. That's, yeah. for, that's, that's for sure. Totally. <laughs> um, as a kid, did you do entrepreneurial things? Did you have a lemonade stand? You know, did you do any stuff? It's very funny because I just went to my son's theme day the other day um, to support just to explain my business and it was for business or hobbies and my business is also my hobby. So it kind of worked out. So when I was there preparing for it, I realized, um, that I had entrepreneurial tendencies as a kid, but I didn't think about it. Um, didn't realize it until looking back in retrospect. So, and I, what I brought up to the children was when I like, did you ever play store? And cause me and my best friend would play store and I would like line up shoes and we would like price tag them and I would make up receipts mm-hmm. and things like that. And, um, and then when I was on vacation with my parents, I'm the youngest of five. So a lot of times it was just me and them and my siblings were out or something. Yeah. So I played with my mom, <laughs> whether <laughs> okay. she liked it or not. Yeah. And, um, 
I would play Karen's Cafe and I would design my own menu and I would serve her yeah. and, you know, take care of all the aspects of running Karen's Cafe and taking her order and give, delivering her a bill and all that stuff. And I didn't think about this until like two days ago that I'm like, oh my gosh, I guess I've always <laughs> had this tendency. And I mentioned it to my friend last night, who's a teacher, you know, been the teacher all her adult life. And she says, yeah, no, I did not play like that. So oh, interesting. I just okay. figured, oh, all kids did that. So right. I didn't think about it until I saw your questions, until I had that theme day. And it all kind of clicked just, just now, pretty much. <laughs> oh, how about that? Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. That's interesting. And that's yeah. when you say vacation, you're talking about summer vacation, school breaks. You're talking about like you would actually, when you're out of town. Yeah, my we had a condo in Florida, so we would spend the, almost the whole summer there. And my mom was a teacher, so, you know, she was home with me all summer. Right. So I was bored okay. after a while you know there's right. only so much you can do right <laughs> so, <laughs> my mom. so interesting so karen's cafe yeah. is there any any cool menu items or is it uh it was whatever's in the fridge pierogi, pierogies were the top and then i would give her a wine cooler <laughs> Those were the two things. so yeah and then I, um, I at one point when my kids were little i was thinking i should do baking on like a what are those, like those carts in the city or those those little trucks? Okay. So it's like Karen's Cookies. You know, Karen's, I've, okay. I've thought of that. And now I've got my crystals. So I'm like, well, Karen's Crystals. Maybe I can do something with the crystals where it's like Karen's Crystal Collection. I don't know. I guess I've always had a thing with <laughs> combining my name with something that starts with a C or a K sound. <laughs> hey, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of alliteration. The fact that this podcast is not alliteration. <laughs> yeah. So I think you and I think uh, alike. There's a lot of, you know, notes and things I've written where there's where alliteration's a, a huge part of it. So you yeah. and I are yeah, yeah. are like minded there. I think it's it's for catchy. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean also rebalance Reiki. So you even did it in your in yeah, the name of your yeah, uh, right. <laughs> in the name of your of your business. Yeah. So and my website is rebalance with Reiki. So, so it's also yeah. Is it rebalancewithreiki.com? Yeah. 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 No massage in the title. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well good. Well um so tell okay, so you after Karen's Cafe. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> when did you where, where did you go to college? Um, I went to Rutgers. I went to Douglas at Rutgers and didn't know what I was going to do. I was learning sociology because there was no math requirement. Psychology required math, so I didn't choose that. Um, But I was massaging since I was 16, but I didn't know that it was a career option. And it wasn't at that point. It was like, you know, I graduated high school in 1996. Massage wasn't on those career tests. They are now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But um, so I was giving hand massages just hands with, you know, I had lotion in my purse and it was my social crutch. And when I was at college, I'd have like a line of people at a party waiting for their turn. And someone said, you should go to massage school. And I didn't even know that that existed. I figured it was like in California or Colorado, but turns out there was one in Westwood. So after college, I went there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So did you jump right into it then? You went to massage school and then opened up your own place or did you anything in the middle? I worked um, at a place in Ridgewood for a few months two uh, two different places in Ridgewood okay. one was a holistic center where she did like um like eastern approaches like tongue diagnosis and and things like that what, um, what is tongue diagnosis what that you mean? look at you stick your tongue out and just by the way it looks she could tell what you know what in your diet or what in your nutrition needs are lacking in, in your health I don't know I never studied it but oh, it was okay. it was a cool you know I learned a lot of holistic things through that her name was Karen also actually and then another place in Ridgewood where I just was a massage therapist. So I had experience working in a massage environment before I even was out of massage school um, due to my parents urging. Like, why don't you go look for work now, you know, as a student? So right. that was smart of them to recommend that. 
And um, I continued doing that. Um, and me and my husband got engaged around that time. The massage was starting to bore me a little bit. And I also needed health insurance. So I worked at an advertising agency for um, a little short of a year to just have health insurance. And I thought maybe it wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it would be. Um, but the day I worked in that office, the first day I cried in the bathroom and I knew that this wasn't right for me, but I had to just stick it out until we were going to get married. Mm -hmm. And, um, I really didn't love massage by itself Okay. for, a, but then when I, but I learned if I could run my own business, then at least my mind is being used in other ways. So Got that's it. what happened. We, well, after we got married and I moved down to where we were living, which was down by LBI, um, I worked for somebody else, hated it, ended up leaving. But before that, I had stopped at a gym that was under construction. And I said, do you have a massage therapist? And they said, no. And they laughed. And they mm -hmm. said, why are you a massage therapist? <laughs> and so they basically, I just walked in and asked if I could work there. And they said, yes. And they okay. decided that I could do my own business or I could work for them. I had the option. And I said, I'd rather be in charge of myself. Okay. So that's how I kind of fell into my first business like that. So, how did, so tell me a little bit about that. So did you... Give them a cut about all the massage you did. Like, what was the like? What, what was the it was like um a staggering uh, rental rate. They started me off low because it was a new gym and they were just gaining momentum. So once I got busier, like they started raising up my rent okay. incrementally. But I didn't want to split my money with them. I'd rather just give them a fixed amount each month. Okay. So that's why I chose to be an LLC and not be an employee. Got it. And so yeah. when you say that they raised your rent each month, was it a? Did you know? long in advance or did they call you up and say okay we're getting better so now your rent just went up 10 percent." i don't remember the guy who ran it was kind of sketchy and he you know was like when i wanted to present things in writing he was like oh we just do business here with a handshake and a smile and i was like mm. i don't know if that's really secure so <laughs> um so we uh, you know they he he went along with signing my things okay. but um but then after i was six months pregnant with my son, I hired someone to help me out because it was getting too physically too difficult to perform massages. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but I thought I'd be a working mom. And uh, by the time he was three months old, I told the girl who was working for me, hey, you want to pay this month's rent? Business is yours. I'm done. <laughs> okay. So I stayed home from that point on until, and would take clients very sporadically out of my home. But okay. It wasn't like I was in business for, I wasn't in big business for myself anymore. I was a stay-at-home mom that kind of did massage on the side. Got it. And how yeah. long did you do that? When my second son was, after he was born, uh, no, I did, I just, I kept doing it on the side. But after he was, after he was born, maybe one or two, I, I had a, like a little crisis thinking like, what if massage isn't it for me? You know, like, I don't know if it's enough by itself. And then I started learning more of the energy healing and okay. that kind of corrected my path because massage by itself was too boring for me. Okay. So, but then I decided when he was in kindergarten, I would like to pursue my business again. And I tried to work it out of my home, but it was difficult because I didn't have, there wasn't that big of a clientele where we were living. There wasn't that big of a population. You were still down in LBI at this point? Or yeah. You, okay. So, and I was working out of my home, which I kind of knew wasn't okay to uh, promote yeah. I didn't want to write my address down and then have problems with the town so yeah. I couldn't grow it as much as I wanted to like word of mouth was only getting me so far because it was a small community and then um and then we moved up here two years ago and then that's what hit the you know hit the ground running pretty much got it so 
Okay, so then, so really, and how old is your son now? My youngest son will be 10 in a few weeks. Okay, so yeah. you had about a 10-year break there where you were doing just a little bit. Yeah, right? just a couple, you know, maybe a couple hundred dollars a month, not not like, not reliable money. <laughs> just, <laughs> just extra money, you right. know, but not, not, not enough to, to take vacations and stuff like that. <laughs> so. Under, under, understandable. And so, what, tell me a little bit about the the breadth of the services you have. So, because Reiki was a new term for me, how you know mm-hmm. how is that different than you know the other kind of massage I might hear about? Because Reiki is energy work; it's not physical manipulation the way massage is. Okay. So it's almost like you're cleaning out the aura, the energy field of the body, okay. and bringing peace and balance to the body on a. Uh, uh, in a spiritual way, in a, in a energetic way, you know, non-physical, but it also affects the physical. So it can help alleviate pain and stress, and it could also help open up intuition and connection for people. Okay. So, and how, how does that, how, how do you do that? Like, um, well, you get attuned by a Reiki master who, okay. uh, opens your healing channel up, which sounds so abstract and weird, but it's real. <laughs> so, so uh, a, I'm a believer, but I'm trying to understand. I'm also trying to think of how this is translates this yes, to on the for sure on the uh, to someone who's only listening to us versus you know watching your mm-hmm. hands and things when you're yeah. you're talking. <laughs> um, so, what does that mean when you say you're, you're tuning with a Reiki master? Is that is it a is it actually a tune or are you the Reiki master? Uh, an attunement is like um, an exercise of opening up, okay, um, a, from one healer to another. So. I'm also a Reiki master teacher, so I can attune people okay. and, um, it's basically just an, it's, it's very difficult to explain, Okay. but it is an opening up and psychically I can witness the way the Reiki goes into the body. So I, that's okay. my, that's my proof, but how is that provable? I don't know. Uh, but let me, let me ask a question slightly differently because okay. I think, uh, again, it's, I haven't, I haven't done this, but I know right, people right. who do really enjoy it and feel they get a lot out of it. So mm-hmm. I want to understand I think the listener would want to understand. So I'm a, let's pretend I'm a brand new customer, mm-hmm. or a brand new client, and I walk in the door. Mm-hmm. What, after that, we say hello to each other. Nice to meet you. Yeah. What what comes next? Like what's the what actual? What am I going to feel? What am I going to see? If my client, what they're asking me about the session, um, mm-hmm. I would how I explain to people is like I'm smoothing out the wrinkles in their energy. So almost like. You know, the way rocks are thrown into water and they, they create a ripple effect, it's as if I'm just smoothing, smoothening them out. Okay. So energetically, what you would feel as a client would just be extremely relaxed. My hands are on the body sometimes, sometimes they're not. There's other Reiki practitioners that never touch the body. They're just in the energy field. Okay. So you'd be laying down on the table and uh, comfortably, you know, shoes off, eye pillow on maybe, you know, bolsters. You're all supported and comfy. And my hands are gently on you or gently above you. And okay. you would feel, if nothing else, calm. The, the more sensitive you are to energy, you may notice like waves of energy going through your body. You may feel tingling, almost like, um, just like a prickly feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be, uh, you might feel the heat generated from my hands and pulses sometimes happen too. So okay. uh, you could feel energy cir- circulating through you. It's pretty wild. I always compare it for people to acupuncture. If they've never experienced acupuncture, that doesn't help. But if you ever experienced acupuncture and you got to a relaxed place, you feel the same thing. It's a shift in the, your energy vibration. 
And then um, another comparison would be to a very deep meditation. So sometimes if someone is in a deep meditation, they kind of forget or kind of can't tell where their body begins or ends. And they know their hands, they almost forget which position their hands are in. Like they know their hands are on their lap or on their, you mm -hmm. know, stomach, but they don't know which hands on top. You know, it's the craziest. Okay. It's a really neat feeling. And, and if those two experiences aren't relatable, then it's like, well, you know how you are awake before you're fully awake? Like, you know, if you move your body, you'll wake up more before you mm -hmm. wake up in the morning or before you go to bed at night. That in-between place where you, you your mind is sort of awake, but your body's already out. That's like, that's what Reiki brings you to. So that's like the best I can do okay. in explaining the physical feeling, yeah. you know, of the Reiki healing. Um, but it's, it's profoundly relaxing and it can, you know, help speed up the healing process and open, like I said before, like opening you up to like a more of a, a bigger spiritual connection. Okay. So. And is that what the entire session is? Is the, your it said sometimes touching, sometimes near, mm -hmm. within the energy field. Yeah. Is that step one of the process or is that the entire? That's pretty much the entire process. Okay. Um, it could range anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. And um, I just slowly make my way. And I'm sure every therapist has a different approach. But because I'm trained in traditional massage, I have a comfortable way of approaching it. So I start at the head. I do each arm. I do the torso. I do the legs. And then I hang out at the feet and I hold both feet in my hands for up to like 10 minutes and the client it's almost like i'm pulling them um on a down a river and i'm guiding them by their feet it's like that relaxing kind of like floaty feeling okay. so it can feel really nice a lot of people really relax a lot once i'm at, down at their feet okay and is it are do different parts of the body is energy stored in different parts of the body or how, how does that there'll be there'll be like an indication to me whether i see it psychically as like a a denser color or energetically there'll be um, something that kind of bounces out or bubbles out or it just feels stiffer the energy can just feel more clogged and it's hard to explain that unless you actually feel it. but if you can imagine it if, if you're combing your hair and you come across a knot and it kind of slows you down from combing your hair yep. then that's the same kind of energy feeling so you kind of go okay well this area needs more attention so you stand there and hang out a little bit longer with your hands over that spot until it kind of chills out and dissolves Got it. Okay. And yeah. so, so just for different people, it's different parts of their body. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, is there any, are there any theories as to why it parks in certain parts of the body? Is it? Um, yeah, there are. Um, the different chakras are energy centers in the body mm -hmm. and they represent different things. So each chakra stands for something physically, emotionally, spiritually. So the root chakra is what keeps you grounded and feeling safe. And it also has to do with the first, um, few years of your life, your foundation. So okay. if you had some sort of traumatic injury or event when you were before you were like five, your lower chakras are going to be like wonky. They're going to be a little bit funky. Okay. So, and you might have issues with your, you know, the different corresponding parts. So the root chakra is at the base of the spine and that's red. And then it goes up. Orange is the sacral, yellow is the solar plexus. And so each of them represent different things. So I kind of notice and I'm not cerebrally connecting and thinking about it. I'm just, you know, okay, this mm -hmm. area feels denser. Okay. But then what makes me unique is that when I tune into the body, when I'm down at the feet, I'm really consciously tuning into each of the chakras mm -hmm. and I get messages from them intuitively um, saying um, what is recommended for this chakra or that um, 
you know, there's some sort of dysfunction here and I get a message about what could be done to help it or just a statement about what's going on. Okay. And then I give that feedback to my clients at the end and, and, it, and to help restore and rebalance them. So I don't just witness the dysfunction. I witness it and then I smooth it out, you know, but if there's some kind of permanent or long-term thing, one session's not going to necessarily right. alleviate it a hundred percent, but it could alleviate it for a little while and until they get to the root of the issue. Got it. Yeah. And so when you have, when your clients, they tend to come once a month, once a week, it sounds like it's not, because you said it's not one and done. So how long yeah. is it? Well, it can be one and done, and then I might not know, and I don't see them ever again, you know? Okay. So there are st stories like that where you do help people and really bring things to light, and then, you know? <laughs> but, okay. but as a general maintenance, it's good to come every anywhere from every two weeks to every month. And, you know, sometimes people just come quarterly, but okay. usually you want to, you kind of come just to rebalance. It's like a reboot, like when your computer's freaking out. You just got to turn it off and start it up again, and that's what I do for people. I just give them that chance to kind of reboot and rebalance themselves. That's how my name came about, you know, because it's really, <laughs> <Okay>. truly that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So there, you probably get a lot of folks who are skeptical because it sounds, as you said, it's hard to explain. So how do you, how do you overcome that? Um, I don't bring in people who are skeptical, which is really a wonderful thing. I'm married to the biggest skeptic, so okay. I don't think I need any more skeptics. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my husband is a wonderful guy, but he doesn't think any of this is real. <laughs> so, so I don't have anybody who challenges me more than him. Okay. So I figure if I could handle him, I could handle whoever. But usually my clients are open. So, And if okay. they're not open, once they get that shocker report at the end, then they're kind of blown away. So okay. that's kind of... <laughs> it kind of helps to seal the deal. They say, oh, okay, yes, I now, now I get it. Okay, right, so right. Uh, interesting. And so, okay, so then, um, you said you talked about crystals. So, what what is the crystal? Crystals, so, you know, the different minerals, rock stones, gems, whatever. They all have their own vibration and their own healing properties. So, different crystals are good for different things. And obviously, I have very many. Um, but some of them can help relax. Some of them could help connect, uh, help focus calm, energize, whatever. And you don't have to know them on a book basis to work with them. And okay. thankfully, because there's a lot to it. So I just, what I've always learned and what I follow is whatever you're drawn to is what you need. So you just go to whatever crystal that you were like, oh, this one just keeps calling out to me. Then you grab it and connect with it. And if you're fortunate enough to know what crystal it is, then you could look it up. And then okay. you could learn, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I'm going through right now. This is exactly the support I need for X, Y, Z. So it's it's uh, all intuitively guided, which is awesome. And you don't have to be an intuitive to be, you know, to know which crystal is the one that's calling out to you. It's not that, you know, it's not, it's not only for those that are that much more whatever, spiritual and stuff. It doesn't matter. They all, and they all have a different vibration. So depending on your sensitivity, again, you hold the crystals, you might feel the energetic wave of them. But then you're like, okay, is that my heartbeat? Am I just confusing myself? And your, your mm -hmm. mind kind of gets in the way. Yep. Swap swap it out with a different crystal. You'll feel a different energy. Then you go, okay, this is really something that's happening here. Okay. And they're used in computers and electronics and stuff. So okay. there is something there. Something there. So you have yeah. two in front of you. What are those two? They're just helping with communication. <laughs> <laughs> so is the fact that you put them down now, does that mean that... Uh... You feel you're Maybe, communicating well. I, 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 I'm feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Again, for the listener, uh, mm -hmm. so I'm not a, a crystal person, so right. I see a green crystal and a blue crystal. Yeah, yeah. So, and they usually correspond to the color of the chakras too. So the throat chakra is expression, communication, and so, and okay. I know I know that this one's good for communication, and this one's also, you know, it's chrysocolla and kyanite. 
-hmm. but um, they both are helpful for opening that stuff up. And the kyanite kind of also helps intuitively to be connected. So figure. Couldn't hurt. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't hurt. <laughs> and so when, so again, for the listener, I'm looking around, I see, you know, dozens of crystal in the room, both on the, looks like on Karen's shelf, probably for what she works with for herself. And then what, what I would assume yeah. is for sale. So when, when someone wants to buy crystal, do you show them the box and something calls out yeah. to them or do you guide them towards things based on the, session you've just had or is it a little of both um usually i a lot of times i'll give a chris if i see a crystal in my head in my mind while i'm working on them mm -hmm. i keep seeing the same crystal I'm like they need this crystal so i'll tell them about it and i'll and I, it, i'll grab a small one and i'll say here you can take this with you okay. but um if they're drawn to the crystals then i just tell them whatever you want to grab grab, you know, whatever it calls to you is the right one. And then I'll, maybe I'll give them, you know, I have like a little supportive literature for them. So I'll give them a little paper that gives them an explanation of what that crystal is good for. Okay. And we could look it up in the book together and stuff. But, um, no, generally it's whatever they're, whatever they're are drawn to. I just, you okay. know, help them out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't guide them and tell them this is what you need, you know, Okay. but I do have kits made up that are supporting the throat and that are supporting the heart. So if they, you know, are struggling with that, then if they want to grab that kit, they can, you know, it's a combination yeah. of a couple stones that do all that. So whatever, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, however it works <laughs> yeah. out, you know, absolutely. So yeah. the Reiki, the crystals, is there other, any other services or products you provide to your clients? Um, with the body work, I also do reflexology, uh, just a detailed foot massage. I don't do I'm not a reflexologist because if I was that title, I would have to have like 2,000 hours or something and mm -hmm. be certified by a specific school. Okay. So I didn't do that, but I, I appreciate that. So I offer that to my clients. Um, and what is reflexology? It's working on the feet and the feet are like a roadmap to the body. So corresponding areas that are tight in the feet, um, I'm helping out other parts of the body at the same time. So like there's like a Got it. So you if know. you're in the, so, okay. So I'm thinking about the, the bottom of my foot. Uh -huh. I don't know what you call the big fat part right at the top. Like right. the, what is that called? Um, it's like the pad or something. Is yeah. Yeah. Like the ball of the foot. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. The ball of the foot. So does that correspond to a part of my body? It does. Like, okay. that, and like, and I don't have it memorized. It's not my area of expertise, but I, yeah. there's a thyroid part that kind of sculpts, like say this, not that your listeners can see, but it kind of sculpts around that big bar bottom part of the uh, under the ball of the big toe. Yeah, that's a thyroid reflex. Okay. And when I was learning reflexology in massage school, they demonstrated that spot, and I went, "Oh my gosh!" My mom always jumps when I work on that part of her foot, and she had thyroid surgery, and she was hypothyroid. For, yeah. yeah. So I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like that validated it for me. Mm -hmm. um, when you are receiving reflexology, you feel all sorts of zings and zaps like throughout your whole body because it's it's like a concentrated. They even have reflexology of the ears, okay. and then the hands and stuff too. So it's a it's really cool and it's very supportive to um, to your general health. You know, like if someone's constipated, you'll feel it's like denser in the intestinal reflex in the foot. It's almost like little gnarly knots. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's fascinating, but it's not my, it's not my strength necessarily. I just like doing it a little bit. Um, and I also like craniosacral work, which is a, a gentle, um, modality that is a physiological modality that you're sensing, but it borders almost on energy work. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what brought me to, to energy work was when I took the, um, the craniosacral classes. 
that was two years after I did massage school. My mom got sick with an autoimmune disease and I wanted to help her. And massage wasn't pro permit permitted in the hospital mm -hmm. because, you know, she could have blood clots and stuff like that. And I'm like, I just want to help my mom. Yeah. And then this class came up and, it, you know, I, I saw like I got like three signs. Like I saw like a postcard, saw it in a magazine and saw it a third time. After the third time, I said, fine, I'll, you know, I got the message. I'll take the class. Yep. So I took the class and it, it really changed my life forever. It impacted me greatly. And in that class, I met the influential person who ended up being one of my mentors and taught me like intuitive work and the Reiki healing. So <clears throat> it was all around, uh, you know, a life changing event to take craniosacral. Um, yeah. and, and it really bolstered me up to trust my intuition because I'd say, I think I'm feeling this. I, mm -hmm. Come over, teacher's aid. Like, come tell me. Am I feeling this? She's like, if you're feeling it, you're feeling it. And I okay. was like, oh, that's really empowering, you know? So, right. um, and then, you, you know, you notice the energy because you're hanging out in such a gentle way with the body for so long that you start to notice the subtleties that in a regular massage, you're moving too fast to kind of notice those subtleties or at least, you know, traditional type of Swedish massage or whatever. So yeah, it opened up a whole nother world and, you know, I loved it. So that's the other thing I offer people, but I, I only integrate that into my work. I don't do that separately. Um, but it's something I'm, I'm actually going to continue to learn. There's another course I'm taking in a few months about a deeper level. So it's has to do with the way the cerebral spinal fluid ebbs and flows around the brain and the spinal cord. And when you tune into that system of, it's almost like a respiration, like an exhale and an inhale in okay. a very slow pace. And you're looking for it to be symmetrical and even. So, so, so let me That's pause there for a second. Okay. okay. So when you say symmetrical and even, so tell me, when does I'm that mean like yeah. left and right symmetrical? Does that mean yeah. up, inhale and exhale at the same length? What is that? All of it. Or depth? And you okay. just want balance. And so it's a, like a hydraulic system. So if you feel where something is going, not it's going crooked, then you kind of pinch it off in a way and let it wait a few rhythms and then release it. And it's almost like unleashing the hose, like straightening out the hose after having a pinch and then it flushes and it brings it back into balance. Got it it so has that, to do with the bones of the skull too. Okay. So that's very similar to when you're uh, exercising and you're, you're panting really hard and they say, hold your breath for a second. Okay. And that'll give you an opportunity to get your breathing back. And yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, maybe you're flushing the oxygen. I'm not sure. I just know right. that when you're, when you're huffing really hard, mm -hmm. you kind of hold a deep breath for you know, a couple okay. seconds. Okay. And that is one of the things that helps you kind of get That's your breathing cool. back. Yeah. Makes sense. When you're running. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it's very neat, you know, and, um, and there's also like emotions that are stored in the body. So you could kind of unlock those and then the healing occurs. So maybe someone has a chronic issue in their hip because of a car accident, but the day of the car accident, they had a fight with their husband and that anger is locked in the hip. And then you release the pain, release that emotion. Now the pain's gone. It's amazing. It's really, really cool stuff. So any, um, any big success stories in there that, you know, somebody who came in was completely locked up and you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I haven't been doing the craniosacral in the more recent past, but when I was first doing it, I had a woman who had like something messed up with her sternum and it like, it got fixed after one session, but she forgot to tell me about it for like a few months, you know? So <laughs> But yeah, no, there's always something that's profound, but none that I could remember off the top of my head. Okay. Um, so let me ask you this. So, so she didn't tell you for a few, for a few months. Yeah. How do you get uh, you know, satisfaction? Let's say, how do you, how do you know that what you're doing is working? Like what's, what's your feedback loop? Um, I mean, besides people coming back over and over cause they clearly are ha yeah. happy, but is there, 
are there other things you you can see or pick up or how does that work um i don't really know like i just have usually immediately following the session they're just so visibly uh, you know changed or comforted or just relieved so yeah. that's that's feedback enough for me but Sometimes okay. I'll see, you know, I'll see things shift or they'll come back. I've had women who um, I noticed something at their, you know, reproductive organs. I didn't, I don't even remember how I told them about it, whether I said there's something funky there or I didn't know that I was seeing cancer or pre-cancer or anything like that. Like I didn't, I didn't go so far as to say that because I didn't know that. Yeah. But whatever I said, they already were suspecting something was up. So because I mentioned it too. They went to the doctor and they, two different women had surgery and removed precancerous stuff because of, you know, the, the little insight that I provided them. Right. You kind of gave them a nudge towards going to a, right. to a medical doctor. Yeah. 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 So, um, I've had, you know, that's that's pretty, pretty, that's pretty amazing. Right. It's, it's, it's wild. So, um, that's an awesome type of feedback. But, (laughs) But again, those women, I didn't hear about it until like six months later. So I don't always hear about things right away, but it's just, I have to be you know, um, confident in the detachment of the process. So part of doing the intuitive work is to just basically jump off the edge of the cliff and, and really, really hope that the parachute's going to, you know, take. So, so if I can just tie it back. So you really, you're talking about leaping. Yeah. Right. It's funny. Yeah. 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 It's, I know. Oh, cause, Cause that's what I tell my students. Like when you pick up on something, when you work on something, you have to be okay with telling them and not caring if that makes sense or not. And that's a really hard uh, lesson for the ego because we love to be validated, you mm-hmm. know, but sometimes you're not. Sometimes they look at you like you're crazy. I actually saw a spirit that was dressed as a clown and I thought, oh my God, how am I going to tell this to my client? <laughs> like, There's a clown in the room. <laughs> they have a wig and a red nose and everything. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that her dad, you know, dressed up as a clown. It's like, that's geez Louise, you know, <laughs> so you have to be okay with sounding crazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it turns out it may sound crazy, but in yeah. this case, yeah, there, there yeah. he was. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that is wild. You, that is so wild. You've actually thrown me off. I, I, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, all right. So let me ask this question because you keep mentioning women is this mostly women clients all women clients probably 90 percent. yeah yeah do you think there's any reason why it's mostly women um no no i don't i'm not sure why but you know you could say that women are more open or less skeptical but that's not true so um maybe it's just you know, the hours that I work, you know, are better (laughs) for women. I don't know, but, um, I'm not exclusive to women at all. You know, I'm open and and they send their husbands and, and, you know, their friends and it's just, I can't, I don't have an analysis of why. Okay. So let me ask you this question then. So when men come in, is the, do you see them react in the same way you see women react? um, Like you talked about at the end where you can see it in them. Like, is it, I would think so. Yeah, they 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 res- they're just as wowed by it and and yeah, open to it. I would think once they experience it. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like you have an untapped market if you can get the <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You're ninety percent women, but really the the benefit is relatively equal between men and women. Right. Well, maybe men some, maybe yeah. men are less inclined to do self care, and that's why you know, like they just yeah. they just kind of keep pushing forward and worry about it when it breaks, kind of a thing, you know, where women are like, well, maybe I should, you know take care of myself so I don't break. You know? <laughs> so maybe that's why. I don't know. That sounds yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah. 
Well, good. Well, let's. I'm going to shift gears. Okay. Um, there's a thing we talk about in all of on all the podcasts, which is the the pivotal moment, mm-hmm. right? this, this moment where the trajectory of the business changes. So you've been here for about two years. Is that what you? Yeah, July. Ju- July, July will be two years. July will be two years. Okay. <laughs> so has there been a moment here where something happened and that just triggered the the business opening up better? Um why I opened this? Like, what triggered me to open this, you mean? Uh, well, you know what? Let's do that one first, and then we'll come back to the pivotal moment. So, yeah, okay. what made you op- what, what t- made you open this? Um, well, after we moved up here, I needed to work right away because our mortgage was higher. Okay. Like, living in South Jersey versus North Jersey. Mm-hmm. So, I worked for somebody else, which, you know, my husband was impressed that I'd lasted as long as I did because I really <laughs> don't like working and for anybody. And how long was as long as you well, did? Uh, like, four months. Okay. So, yeah. So doing, doing Reiki or doing? Doing massage and Reiki, but mostly okay. massage. Okay. And um, I just wasn't happy working for somebody else and making a fraction of what I, I was used to making. Mm-hmm. So that was the incentive to kind of get off and look for. And I said, if I can find a place for rent that's like under X amount, then I will, you know, do it. And I think it's totally possible. Mm-hmm. And this place had just been listed and it was a half a mile from my house. Yeah. And it's in a beautiful old like Victorian building it's a it used to be a house and now it's just used for business and they the details of the of the space are beautiful all of the original woodwork no painted over wood you know all of the it's just gorgeous and there's parking in the back and it's just perfect so i i kind of couldn't believe it that it came so quick <laughs> so then i had to that know, seems like it. that seems to be along the theme though of things yeah. right <laughs> things well, i didn't have a vision board then but if i did it was like it's like i barely barely glued the picture and it was here you yeah. know so um so that i spent the whole month before i quit my job setting up my website and you know kind of doing a crash course and getting my business all in order before it, I, my rent started July 1st so it was pretty awesome pretty good and so for those for those listening for those who are local especially so we're in we're in Westwood at 63 Lafayette Avenue uh, we Jefferson are, Jefferson oh sorry I, you know I have uh, <laughs> Lafayette Jefferson is a whole Hamilton thing going okay. on in my brain there so let me say that one time so it's 63 Jefferson Avenue sorry um which is we're we're steps away from what's that called Five Corners over here? Like it's we're pretty close to the yeah, like downtown yeah. Westwood area, right, right? Right. Yeah. It's just um, it's by the sports club and the CVS, the community center. It's local. It's down downtown Westwood. Down, downtown Westwood. Okay. And so, all right. So you made the leap into that into this. Mm-hmm. And so, when you started, did you have a lot of a lot of customers right away, or how did you get how'd you get the momentum going there? Um, I joined a networking group for women and I also advertised in a local, like one of those new age newspaper things, magazines. And that brought in people for the first few months. I think when you're new in those magazines, they kind of, you're like fresh meat. So people who look at that magazine are like, oh, this is a new business. So I got a lot of business from that right off the bat. But then, um, you know, then just momentum, just, you know, being in the community and, you know, I didn't really want to spend a lot of money in advertising. I didn't have that money to spend. So it was just word of mouth, coupons, Facebook, whatever, you know. And then eventually, you know, people tell their friends and their friends. So word of mouth catches on eventually. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good. So, so that's really interesting. So let me go back to the, let me go back to the, the original question I asked, which mm-hmm. is, was there one moment where suddenly the business just took off? Um, no. That, not really. I did participate in some fairs that brought me some good quality people, but it didn't. It's just the steadily having clients recommend their friends and family. And, you know, we were the new family in town. So I knew that everyone know, knew who we were, but little by little, they would get to know what I could do for them. So I couldn't 
raise my arms and, and flail and say, come to me, come to me. I just figured they'll figure it out eventually. Okay. And, you know, through, through hearsay and living in a small community, they are, you know, coming around and then coming back, you know, and sending their friends. And when they post on Facebook, then other moms are now friending me on Facebook and then they see my things and then they, you know, so there's a lot of people that the seeds have been planted and they still are surfacing. Someone just the other day came to me and she said, Oh, I've, I've had your information for months from the inner realm and which is the magazine I advertise in. Yeah. And, um, so it's like cool just knowing that these seeds are still out there and they're still sprouting. So that year when I was new, um, we were walking, you know, I started the business in July and then I guess in September when all the oak um, seeds are like the helicopter seeds are like all over the ground. Okay. You know, those, whatever. Oh, those, those little the things you put on your nose. The helicopter nose seeds. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I was walking with my dog and my son and I said, you see all the seeds on the ground? I said, that's like me right now. I'm just spreading my seeds as far as I can. And you know how many trees grow like from those seeds. So it's like, that, and now it's like, it's like harvesting that. Yeah. People are coming. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. Although I did have an article published about me through the daily voice. Okay. There was a lady. Who, what is the Daily Voice? It's a local like is online that the newspaper, newspaper that gets thrown on your. Oh, it's, it's online or it's, it's a, an online paper. Okay. And I never actually heard of it either. But okay. the lady saw me. At, you know, I was a vendor at an event in December, and she saw my business, and she pursued me and wanted to have an article, like that, a feel good article for the first of the year, or the sec. It was like January second. Mm-hmm. So she came and interviewed me, and then posted it on a couple different pages on Facebook, and then it was shared again. Mm-hmm. I had. I forget now. Usually I have like about 10 visits to my webpage a day. Okay. And I had like over 150 or something. So that was, that was a huge, that was like, that was like a nice start to this year. It's like, finally things are coming in, you know? (laughs) So I felt like, and then January was, you know, a big month. So I think that that was, that was a pivotal moment, but it's, you know, it took a year and a half to get there, but I did have, you know, slow and steady kind of building growth all along. So <laughs> that's great. That's, well, that's, yeah. that's, uh, yeah. you know, I'm hearing that more and more, to be honest, in, in the conversation I'm having, it seems right. like it's the, that the playing the seeds comes that different, you've, you've phrased it differently than, than others have, but right. that same concept is very yeah. similar. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of put it out there, keep doing consistent good work and, you know, I'm true to myself, I'm authentic and people see that and that resonates with them and then they want to come back and, you know, bring their loved ones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for that. <laughs> so let's talk about loved ones for a second. Uh, are people also doing gift certificates and things? I saw you did a promotion back in December with gift certificates. Is that a uh, is that a big part of the business or is it? Uh, it's mostly... not a big part, but okay. it's a part. Okay. Yeah, and then I'll donate it also to like different events, whether they're tricky trays, which okay. is like you know a um, a fundraiser thing that people do for different schools or whatever. So I'll donate my gift certificates for whatever causes that different communities and different organizations offer. So that's another way to reach out to people and expose my business in a pretty, it's like a low, it's a no cap, no cost approach to kind of advertising my business. And the people go, Ooh, I never heard of, I've always heard about chakra balancing and here's a chance to, you know, get it. Right. So then they could bid on it. And if they win, then they come. So I don't nice. have a, um, statistical under you know figured out of how many gift certificates i've written and how many come back but they do they come back pretty decently enough and a lot sometimes they come back after the expiration date (laughs) but (laughs) how do you deal with that i'm usually nice but um 
I don't think I've ever turned anybody away, but I really don't appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, if you're going to do that, it would be nice if they tipped. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, you know, so yeah. it's, it, it's, I'm not going to turn anyone away, you know. Unless yeah. it's like over two years, then it's like, come on. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah. at some point, I don't have. I don't have a friend of mine. I think makes people pay a percentage if they come past. But I, I don't know that I'm gonna do that. Okay. So I haven't been in that in a in well, this business for that long. have been here two years yet yeah. to have that happen. So if, right? they, if they bubble up later, then I guess I'll deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, good. Well, let me let's transition into what I what I call the speed round, although it is proven to not be fast at all. <laughs> um, so. Just a couple of rapid fire type questions. So first is what's the what's your typical day like? Um, typical day, I prefer you know I work during the week, so uh, I do work on Saturdays, but mostly I work during the week. So I get my kids off to school, and if I have a client, the earliest I have it is at nine thirty. Okay. So I you know come here, set up my room, client you know work on the client, and then you know talk to them. A lot of times I talk to my clients, and that's part of. What makes me special, because if you're in a day spa or in a massage, whatever type place um, where they just take you in, take you out, you know, it's like a mill. So here it's more of like building relationships. So I, I, I allow for that extra time between clients. So people aren't waiting around for their appointment. There's usually a good bubble um, cushion between time. So I can talk with my clients because I'm happy to share. They, I'm a safe place for them to talk about weird spiritual woo woo stuff. Okay. You know, so that's my favorite, uh, to just be that sounding board for them and, and say, no, you're not crazy. That's totally normal. You know? Mm-hmm. So, and then depending on the day, I might have up to three clients when my kids are in school. Um, and, I have to do laundry. I do lots of laundry. Massage, uh, you know, requires oil and sheets. So, mm-hmm. and the days that I aren't, I'm not as busy. I'll be doing stuff on the computer, and I design my own ads and and balance my my money and all that stuff. So, okay, I try to balance it out. So some days I have the mornings free, so I can do housework and that stuff because I'm still you know full time mom. So I have to do the grocery shopping and the and the cleaning and all that, because my husband's gone, you know, all day at a traditional job. So I have okay. to pick up the pick up the difference of, of being home, too. So if I'm not working all day, I make sure that I'm doing stuff for the house the other half of the time. <laughs> Got so, it. Yeah. So you're, right, so you're literally burning the candle on both ends and trying to get everything, yeah. everything taken care yeah. of. And how much of the business piece is the, the services? And how much of the business piece is the accounting and the marketing the and the and all that stuff? Um. Probably, I don't know if it's half and half or if it's, it's probably half and half, maybe 70% hands-on work and then 30%, um, the, the back end. Okay. But I don't, luckily I don't mind that stuff. I like, I have a creative, you know, bent. So I like, um, designing my own ads. It's not a chore for me. It's just time consuming. Yeah. So I have to make sure I have the time to do that, (laughs) which I don't always have. (laughs) So how many hours a week do you think you're spending on the business? Um, well, that's what I realized that it, it sounds like it's a part-time job, but it's really a full-time I'm saying job. Nothing about what you're describing sounds like a part-time <laughs> job to me. So. Well, as far as like, you know, massage as a career can only be 20 hours a week. If you're physically massaging 20 people or 21 hour sessions. Okay. Um, I don't do that. I probably do about 10 to 15 clients a week, okay. but, um, when you, when you, you can't, you you can't physically do a 40 hour work week when you're, a you're not allowed therapist. to do not that. that you're allowed. You're just body won't take it. And okay. if you do, then your body will break, you know, or you'll okay. have an injury or, or some kind of problem. 
So it's really not healthy to work more than 20 hours a week as a massage therapist. Okay. So, you know, if you, especially if you're working for somebody else, that's still part-time income. Yeah. So that's the advantage of me being a business for myself is that I get a hundred percent of it. Yeah. Yes. A lot of it goes out to other expenses, but mm-hmm. at least I'm not splitting it with somebody else. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it's probably 10 hours of 10 to 15 hours of physically working and mm-hmm. then 20 hours of all of the work. I don't know. Okay. I don't, yeah. I never added it up, but it's yeah. a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. Okay. <laughs> so I think you just may have answered this question already, but what is the best part of running your own business? Uh, yeah, just being in charge of myself, you know, and taking the time because I, when you, when I worked for those few months for another person, I was sad that I didn't get that relationship with the clients anymore. Like I kind of was like, okay, pat, pat, here's your water. Bye. And I didn't like that. I like engaging my clients. I like getting to know them. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's my favorite is the shocker, the energy work, the shocker reading, and this, the connection, the relationships. What's your least favorite part? Uh, this, the, doing the taxes. Like every quarter I have to do the sales tax. And now I think I'm going to have to pay the quarterlies. The first year my business was small enough, but now that that's my least favorite doing math and figuring out, um, what's required of the, (laughs) it it impacted your entire major. So, (laughs) right. right? So you can't, you can, you can run for math and you cannot hide. (laughs) Luckily I have an accountant that I like and trust. So I could, you know, email him questions at any time and he helps me out. But yeah, that's the TV. And it, it, I, do, I do it so often that it's not that hard, but it still gives me anxiety as I sit down to crank out the numbers. I just, I hate it. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just part of the deal, you know? I get all the other perks, so. That's right. You gotta have a, I would say that's the Brussels sprouts part. For some people, they like Brussels sprouts. For me, yeah. it's like, all right. Gotta eat your Brussels sprouts, too. So, um, so what's one thing you wish you had known before you started your business? Um, how time-consuming it was. But... Um, my husband's parents were in business for themselves and he knew, and that's why he was happy to go work for somebody else. Okay. And now he's witnessing me go through what his parents went through. And he's like, like, it's almost like he couldn't stop me from it because there's no way he could, but it's like, right. Oh, yep. I knew that. Cause it's like, he's like, Oh, it's always work, work, work. Like I'm sitting at my desk and mm-hmm. you know, I do one thing for, you know, recreational. Like, of course, Facebook is such a time suck, but I'll be on there for work and then I get distracted by social. I'll be on there for social. I get distracted by work. So it's, yeah. and my kids are like, you're always on your phone and, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm emailing a client, you know? Right. So it's, these are not problems that popped up with Karen's cafe. <laughs> your <laughs> customer similar. base was pretty much locked in. Your supplier was right. 10 feet away in the refrigerator. It's a lot easier back then. Yeah. No taxes. <laughs> no taxes. I know right. math, right? Um, so how, you, you talked a little bit about mentor before. Tell, tell me a little about your mentor. I've got a few different mentors. The first one was the woman I met in craniosacral and, um, she, she opened me up to very, a lot and I continue to see her actually still, I have monthly standing appointments with her. Um, and then I have another woman that I became friendly with, um, in 2012 and she's become very much of, um, just a guide in, in the healing work. And, um, and then I had a couple other that I would see for like readings where you go and get like a angel cards read and Mm -hmm. that another woman. So she, she was kind of guiding me in my infancy. She's like, you know, you, these are things that you're going to do. And I'm like, well, I don't know, you know? (laughs) So now, but now like all of these mentors have also kind of become peers and it's, it's interesting because I'm, you know, uh, just under 40. Um, but they are 
like 15 years older than me or 20 years older than me. And I've got an advantage of understanding social media and these web applications and, and designing my own ads. And now they're asking me for help. So it's nice. really cool. It's like a symbiotic. So literally the student becomes a teacher. Yeah, it was, it's neat. <laughs> I mean, they've got all these years of experience and, you know, and, and I can call on them for help about what it is that I'm going through, but then I'm also helping them out with, you know, that's the, nice. the technology. Yeah, so that's it's nice. cool. Do you have, do you have mentors on the business and technology side that aren't in this space? Well, I just signed up with a accountability group with a business coach. She is she does trust her intuition, but she's more business driven. Okay. So yeah, I you know, and, and there's a group of women that are very driven with their businesses and we all support each other with this accountability group. So they, they're giving me that more of that structure and that um I don't know, just a more a linear approach to understanding business where I'm just more like circuit like I I'm very circular, so Mm-hmm. it's helpful to have people who have their heads on their shoulders and really know business to refer to also. So that's a, that's a late, that's a recent development. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise I just kind of spin around and you know, get guided here and there by different wisps, but, <laughs> but they're, they're helpful. So yeah, I've had a couple different approaches to mentorship, I guess you could say. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, so what do you hope people say about your business? Um, just that I'm authentic, you know, and that I have helped them. Um, that I'm reliable and consistent so that they would want to refer their friends and family to someone like me for like for my business aspect. I don't know specifically what I would say about what they would say about my business, but that kind of leads into me as a person too. So, yeah. Um, but if, you know, if, if you want to get a great massage and have a great Reiki healing session and get some intuitive insights, like Karen's your person to go to, you know? So I guess that's what I would like them to say, you know. <laughs> well, that's that's a very positive uh, positive way to end our discussion today. So, Karen, I appreciate the time you spent with me today. I hope the listeners have uh, enjoyed the conversation. Uh, just again as a reminder, so Karen is at 63 Jefferson, not Lafayette <laughs> Avenue, uh, here in Westwood, New Jersey. And uh, her website is, once, one more time, what's your website? Rebalance with Reiki. And Reiki is R-E-I-K-I dot com. So Rebalance with Reiki dot com. Oh, very good. Karen, I'm glad that uh, Karen's Cafe has grown <laughs> into uh, Rebalance with Reiki. Yeah. And again, thank you so much for your time. And thank you, everyone. I hope to hear you again next week. Thanks. Right. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. Episode four is in the books. I hope you enjoyed it. For a link to Karen's webpage, as well as all of my guests' pages, You can check out my website, www.don'twaitleap.com. You can also follow us at Facebook and on Twitter at Don't Wait Leap. I hope you'll join me next week when I speak with Lois Kramer Perez of Mambo Feng Shui in Paramus, New Jersey. Have a great week, everyone. See you next time.